ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near. Up front, I'd like to mention that you can follow me on Twitter at the Walk Show Pod, Instagram and Facebook at the Walk Show, uh, or you can always email me, walker at the Walk Show Podcast.com. If you listen to the show, then you know I always ask that you like, subscribe, rate, all those things. Um, but maybe more importantly, just go tell a friend <laughs> that you're listening. Uh, tell a coworker. Tell a stranger. Tell anyone that you're listening to the Walk Show and that they should check it out. And um, yeah, we'll get some more get some more listens, get some more input, and and help grow the show. Uh, I also want to give out a shout out to my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by myself and multiple time the Walk Show podcast guest Brett Lindley. Uh, Pick Up Your Sticks is a podcast that is all about video games, but instead of just doing recent news or current events or reviews or something like that, we really also try and discuss why gaming matters, um, both on a personal level and, and sometimes a cultural kind of level. Uh, but if you like gaming and you like thoughtful conversations, then Pick Up Your Sticks should be a great listen for you. I also would like to mention Ozark's Food Harvest. Uh, now, to be clear, I actually have no official relationship with Ozark's Food Harvest, um, so I don't know if they if they like me promoting this, but uh, I'll wait until they tell me to stop. Uh, Ozark's Food Harvest is a food bank in southwest Missouri that helps provide meals to needy families in the area. Uh, they're an excellent organization with a mission that I think we can all agree on. Uh, we are pretty wealthy here in the United States, and, and no one, especially kids, you know, should be going hungry. Um Ozark's Food Harvest is a, a really great organization that is incredibly efficient with the donations that they receive. Um, there's a site that I can't recall right off the top of my head, but that, that basically rates charitable organizations with based on how much of the money that they receive from donations is spent on the overhead of running the charity versus actually delivering the service that, that, that the charity's set up to do. And Ozark's Food Harvest is, is over 90% of, of the donations they receive actually go into the charity work itself, not just administering the charity. Um, so I think that's really awesome, and and they're really good at what they do. They, they can get about four meals out of every dollar um, donated, so really, really a great, great organization. Uh, I really encourage you to go and uh, volunteer or donate uh, with the Ozarks Food Harvest today. And if you're not from the Southwest Missouri area, then I really encourage you to go find your local food bank and donate there. Um, I I recently donated to Ozarks Food Harvest and got a letter in the mail thanking me, and, and they included uh, a note that a kid had written. And it just, I don't know, man, it just, it just kind of breaks your heart because it's, it's it's people that you know kids in this case that didn't they didn't pick it you know what I mean they were just they didn't make choices they didn't make decisions that led them to where they are they were just they just were born into it and exist so uh, again really really strongly strongly encourage everyone to go out and get involved in your community and uh, and look at the look and see what food bank opportunities you've got and see where you can help out there on today's episode. Uh, I've got a little brief one for you here today, but we I, I, I kind of cover a couple of things. I cover my uh, my feelings about the post office, um, the postal service more so, than not really the physical location of the post office. Uh, and then also a new uh, thing on Netflix that I had found in the last few weeks. It's called Sturgill Simpson's Sound and Fury, and I could not be more excited about it. Uh, as always, the show... Uh, music is provided by Misha Zarin, so thank you, Misha, for providing the music. And without further ado, let's get on to the show.
Does anybody remember being a kid and thinking it was sweet to receive mail? I I certainly did. Um, it, it was really because it was rare, right? And it seemed like an adult thing um, to get mail. And so it was like you were you know participating in the world or something. And the truth is, is that if you were around before, I don't know, 2005 or something. I don't, I don't know when, <laughs> when email just became the standard, but there was a long period even after the internet even existed, but there was a long period where that was just outside of a phone call or something, the way to communicate with people and the way to, you know, send someone a card, send someone a letter. And, and I know those things still, I don't know about letters as much, but I know like I, I received a Christmas card this year and, um, so some of that stuff still happens. And, and honestly, you know, like the, getting the, the envelope with the Christmas card in it is pretty uh, is pretty awesome. Like, that was still exciting, just like when I was a kid, right? Um, but that's not what the post office and the postal service and the mail, as it is, typically delivers. They don't deliver Christmas cards. They deliver ads. And that's basically it. it, it it's incredible <laughs> the volume of junk mail that is received. And I, and I know this is not a new phenomenon in 2019, um, but it's something that seems like it's just kind of been accepted. And I'm not like calling for a <laughs> post office revolution or something, but, but just, it, it, it's just a really weird thing that we, that we all just kind of just look at as par for the course, but you have a box out in front of your house. That's for you to receive messages, right? Except that, Almost no one sends messages that way anymore, at least that you want. And so instead, you get just junk mail, just ads over and over. It's It really has. I, I talk with another friend of mine about this a lot. It It's turned into like a, a trash delivery service, except like normally when you think of a trash service, they come and take the trash away from your house. But the post office just delivers garbage <laughs> to your house now. And I mean, I literally, when I get my mail daily now, I, unless it's, you know, raining or, or some other inclement thing going on, but I typically will go get the mail and then stop by my dumpster outdoors and open the mail and tear it up and throw it in there as I look at it because it is all junk mail. And the stuff that I get that's not junk mail, like I got a health insurance card recently, or I got my property tax bill, or what it, all of that could have been could have been done via email, via phone. <laughs> uh, there's there's no there's no need for the mail other than it's an old system that has been in place for a long time and a lot of stuff does it. But but you know, my car insurance, I'm not getting that from the mail. And I get that there are people who are not, you know, not interested in receiving important forms and documents via email. That's fine. Give them an option, just like every bank does with bank statements, right? Just like, just like a lot of organizations and institutions do where if you want to receive digital stuff, then you can. And if you prefer to receive physical copies, then that's still an option. But the post office is basically just turned into like a real life version of ads on Facebook, you know, like no one likes internet advertising because it's constantly everywhere 
and everything that you do on the internet is in some way tied <laughs> to ads, right? Uh, and and the post office is actually just the same service. It's just an entirely ad-based business. They just sell ads. They just sell the, the delivery of them, which is what Facebook sells. <laughs> the difference is that the post office doesn't have advanced algorithms to sell to the would-be advertisers so that they can do a better job of targeting the households. In fact, I might even like the junk mail better if it was stuff that I actually wanted, right? But it's not. It's just coupons for stores I don't go to and credit card offers that I don't want, and that's about it. That's that's the majority of the junk mail. Once in a while, you get something official. Once in a while, something that matters. I don't know. I even have <laughs> my one buddy that I was discussing this with said that he's actually had some theft in his neighborhood recently with mail. And so he signed up for a service that I guess the post office provides, which I don't know how much of a service this is, but whatever, where they'll take a picture of your mail and deliver that to you. So that way, when you go look in your mailbox, if it's empty, you can now know that your mail was stolen. <laughs> Except that just like everyone else, he doesn't really get cool stuff in the mail. It's mostly junk, right? And so instead, he now gets pictures of his junk mail, <laughs> only to then go and retrieve said junk mail. Uh, just the the layers of that are just brilliant. Um, I, it, I don't know. It's just FedEx, UPS, and honestly, even the post office, if it's a package... Everyone's pretty happy to get a package, but that's because it's something that we want. Either something that someone sent us, maybe it's a gift, or that we ordered for ourselves. But either way, we want that, right? It's not just junk mail. Um, I don't know. It, I, I don't have some huge thing on it other than just, it's, again, it, it seems like it's something that, that no one <laughs> is addressing, and I don't know why we are all okay with it. I don't know why we're okay with having the govern, uh, government service deliver ads to us every day. And I don't mean, like, Big Brother evil time or something, but just simply, like, what? <laughs> what, are, what are we doing with that? And I guess, you know, it, it would be the exact same reason that ads are pervasive in all things, which is that, well, that's how they eliminate the cost from the end user. If, if the mail didn't deliver truckloads of of junk mail every day, then I guess I would have to pay for them to deliver me my property tax form or whatever. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's like one time I, um, a buddy of mine gave me this, this foam, like ball mace, you know? So it's like a, a handle with like a, a foam chain and then a foam spiky ball on the end of it. And, he had wanted it some, I don't know, a Dave and Buster's or something. So he didn't want it, so he gave it to me. Well, I don't really want it. But it was left with me. And, and I felt bad just throwing it away. Because it's like, <laughs> at some point, like, someone spent resources and time to gather the materials to make this thing and then take it to the fact or t t the materials that will make the mace and then that goes to a factory where it's made and then that's sent somewhere to to go in the carnival or the Dave and Busters or whatever it is and then that's driven home by my friend and there's just all of this 
human effort that's gone in to to this foam mace being created and delivered. Now I get it that it's not like it's made, you know, a one in a one of a kind thing and it's mass produced in a factory, but it's still <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears on some level went into this mace. And it 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 was meaningless. It was absolutely meaningless. It was produced it was received by someone who gave it to me. I let it sit on my table for a couple of weeks because I felt weird about just putting it in the trash and, and completing the cycle and knowing that it was all just a giant exercise and filling a, a little tiny spot in a landfill. Um, but then the little chain thing broke, so then it wasn't even one piece anymore. So then I felt more okay throwing it away because it was broken. Um, I, the reason I go through that whole story and share all of that is because that's what the mail is. The mail is creating... There's people who go to school for marketing and 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 graphic designers and and people who really put thought into creating these ads and and then it gets sent out and it goes all through these different postal networks and, and eventually comes on a little truck and gets delivered to my little janky mailbox and then I just literally carry it to the garbage can. I don't even take it in my home. Just carry it to the garbage can. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Why is this a thing? Why are we participating in this? Why are we doing this? Like, and again, I'm not calling for the abolishment of the postal service or saying that you know that that they're evil or that it, it's it's not nefarious. It's just stupid. And uh, and sometimes I think that might be more disappointing <laughs> when something's just stupid. Probably not actually. Probably malicious intent is always worse, but. Um, yeah, either way, I don't know, I don't have, again, just like every other episode, I don't have, like, some <laughs> call to action for you to subvert this or overcome this. Uh, I think we're all probably gonna still just continue to participate in this absurd trash-creating process. Um, so, yeah, happy holidays to the post office. in 2019 um, I talked about with my friend Brett Lindley who came on the show talked about the Netflix show called Love Death and Robots and I mean we, I think that might be the longest walk show episode maybe maybe second longest I don't know it's a long one um, but it's it's because there's Love Death and Robots has a, several different episodes and, and and what it is in case you haven't seen that and, and haven't listened to that episode it's basically a ser it's a show that is a series of each episode is its own animated short and the animations are not tied together so it's not 
it's it's more like kind of like to the Twilight Zone or like Black Mirror, like I've talked about, um, or for those of you that have had the good fortune of seeing the Animatrix, kind of in the vein of the Animatrix. The animators are different each episode. The story is different each episode. So, it, again, it's it's almost like reading like a, a book full of short stories or something as opposed to a novel, right? But anyway, so um, Love, Death, and Robots was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, and Brett and I just felt so compelled to go through each each episode of it and just kind of give our thoughts on it and, and, and explore it and talk about it. Well, recently I was introduced to another um, similar kind of thing. It, it, it's different, though, but uh, but it's kind of similar. And it's So what it is is it's called Sturgill Simpson Presents Sound and Fury. So Sturgill Simpson is a guy, and that's the name of his band, is also Sturgill Simpson. Um, it's like a rock band. So, you know, he Sturgill Simpson is the lead singer. I, I, I have not seen them play live or something. I assume he plays guitar, probably. Uh, and then, you know, bass, drums, whatever. I think there's four guys in the band. Either way, so, so Sturgill Simpson makes music. So Sturgill Simpson, which I'll just refer to as the band, so they, they put out an album called Sound and Fury that on its own is actually a pretty enjoyable album. It's kind of a like a, a blues rock or stoner rock kind of sound. Um yeah, really, really like the album. I've listened to it several times now, just standalone. But on Netflix, they have Sturgill Simpson Presents Sound and Fury, which is an anime that ha- that features the album as the audio. So my understanding is that what Sturgill Simpson did was they made the album and then went to an anime studio and said hey, this is kind of what we're, you know, this is our album, and we would like to have a visual companion for it, but we want that to kind of be your own thing. So they didn't have a lot of input in the creative process from the anime. Um, and I only explain that, I, to be frank, I don't actually, you know, it's not like I've, <laughs> I didn't watch an interview where Sturgill Simpson explained that in that great of detail, but that's my understanding of what happened. And the reason I explain it is just simply to, to make the distinction that the band didn't create the, the anime, right? That that's a, It's a separate studio. Um, and I don't know that they had much influence on the creative direction. So what you get in this Netflix movie or whatever you want to call it is is the album is 40 minutes. And so that's how long the animation is. And there's no dialogue. All of the audio is purely the album. There is no audio that is not just the songs of the album. And so the album plays through, you know, front to back. And similar, this is the reason that I brought up Love, Death, and Robots in the Animatrix, is that every song gets its own episode, if you will. Now, I mean, you know, the songs are three or four minutes long, so each animation is all similarly long. Um... But each song gets its own animation that goes with it. So it's not fair to call it episode, because I, I don't want to confuse people. It's not an episode again, like a TV show episode. But each song gets its own animation. And similar to Love, Death, and Robots, the Animatrix, the animations tell a story, but not not necessarily in chronological order. And not every animation is about the, the story that's kind of told throughout it. Um 
you know, Love, Death, and Robots has no through line, I would say, as far as actual narrative from one to the next. Animatrix, there's a few episodes of that. that there are animations that, that are directly, you know, one one after the other, sequential or whatever. Um, and in in Sound and Fury, that's it's more that that's there more. There's probably I think there's nine tracks, and I would say five or six of the animations are are related um, to one another. But it, it's it. It's the single coolest um, <laughs> music visual art thing that I've ever seen, which <clears throat> that's kind of a weird category or a strange way to, to phrase it because I don't know what other things I've seen that are this. I don't, I've never seen an album that has an entire set of animations set to it, um, but it's super cool. Now, Sturgill Simpson is not now my favorite band. It's not the favorite music thing I've ever heard. But I do think it's really good. Like I said, I've listened to it even outside of the animation. Um, and, yeah, the animation is so cool. It is it is a little violent, so if you're if you're not into that, then, um, then it might not be for you. But it's basically kind of like this dystopian, you know, post-apocalyptic kind of scene for most of it. And there's, like, there's samurais and... <laughs> uh, a temple that gets attacked, and I don't—it's—it's it's crazy. It—it's it, again—it's one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. I was completely blown away by it. I wish another friend of mine and I were talking about it, and she said, "I wish every every album would do this now." And it was just, it's just like, "Yeah, that would be incredible if we just had an entire animation set to go along with with all albums." Um, but yeah, I—I just—I cannot recommend if you know me and in real life, <laughs> outside of just listening, then I have probably suggested this to you because I am telling everyone about it and I I just I can't get enough of it. I've watched it multiple times, I've listened to the album multiple times, and um it's just really, really, really cool. Again, it's called Sturgill Simpson Sound and Fury. Um and again you can find the album even outside of the animation if you know if you want to listen to it in your car or something like that. But it's also, you know, I love that it's not that long. I love that it's 40 minutes. So you can sit and watch it, and you get a lot out of it, and it's not, you know, <laughs> you didn't just commit to eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's pretty cool. I really like the the lack of um, the lack of continuity throughout the different animations. Like, I appreciate that it... It's not just a movie, you know, from front to back, straight through. Um, and I appreciate that there's some ambiguity into kind of what's going on. Like, like there's definitely a couple of villains. And you definitely recognize them as villains, but it's not really clear what their motivations are or why they're powerful or anything. Like, there's so much that's not described and that is just presented. And so then what it does is it kind of forces you as a viewer to just accept it. Um, and I think that that's something that is, is, I don't know. I just, I, I just had this thought, so I don't know <laughs> if it holds up or not, but I feel like that's maybe just kind of one of the hallmarks of something that's like a, a well-told story is something that just kind of presents, presents something just as is, as opposed to trying to constantly, you know, tell the origin story of everything. And origin stories can be fun, 
and backstory and history and all of that richness can be awesome. But if if you don't do that well or if the creator or the artist doesn't do that part of it well, then I think it can kind of subvert the enjoyment of the whole thing, right? Um, kind of like <laughs> like Star Wars. Like, if you watch the Star Wars, the original three episodes, four, five, six, you might like it all right. Well, then if you were to go watch episodes one, two, and three that came out in the... the 90s and early 2000s or whatever uh, if you insisted on looking at it as a whole you would I, I, I would be surprised if this wasn't the case but I think you would have to to dislike it <laughs> right um, but if you can cut out all of that and just Darth Vader just is Darth Vader right and you don't have to know that he was a kid who was sad who turned pouty and then cried a lot and and, and then turned mean like I don't need any of that. I just Darth Vader imposing villain. Awesome. I get it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there can be, I think that people <laughs> want to, to believe that like, we've always got to find the backstory. I've always got to build this rich history of characters and stuff, but I don't know that that's actually the case. And again, it can go really well. If it's done well, then it's awesome. Um, you know, in fact, I'll even go... Here's here's one I'll even go with. I love the Matrix movies, and I love all three of the Matrix movies. And In fact, the second one is my favorite. However, that's not the popular opinion. Um, the popular opinion is that the first one is the good one. Well, the reason for that is because the first one just presents a world and a set of rules and a set of of characters, and it doesn't really do a lot to explain how it's all how it all came to this. Whereas the second and third movies definitely do much more of that. And I know people will say, well, that's not why I don't like it. My point is just that in trying to, to delve into all this other stuff, you just run the risk of of there being a lot of not cool. It, it's the, you don't want to see how the sausage is made kind of thing, right? Like, so anyway, all of that, you know, is just to say that with Sound and Fury, I, I really like that it just kind of jumps in to a world to a set of characters, to a narrative, and that the narrative's a little muddled because it doesn't go all purely in order, and it also doesn't insist on being uh, any more complicated or filled out or whatever you want to say than it, than it, it needs to be. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that. So yeah, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. It's on Netflix or wherever you listen to music. Check it out.
That is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much, Misha, for the music, just like always. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. And if you're actually listening on the day this came out, uh, it's also my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Stay up, guys. Have a good week. <laughs>